As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, the show that was originally based off the hit children's book, The World's Angriest Podcast in the World, it's SIFPOP. Do you think that we're going to become angry old men <laughs> in, in our later years? Or I don't do you know, think man. It's a creepy book. That's all I know. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and as always, I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week, we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds, <clears throat> except for sometimes... We just do it, just the two of us, which is fine. A little intimate now. You know, um, we get to yeah. talk, just you and me. Just, just the two to, of us. We can make it if we try, Aaron. We can make it if we try. Is that Will, that's Will you Smith, and right? You I. I think that's Will Smith. Is it? I think he did a remake of like the mm. original, just oh, the two of okay. us. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, our guru got sick today. Rut row. Like, legitimately ill. Yeah. Not, like, not like I got a tummy. Right, you know, This yeah. is like, yeah. Isn't that thing where like my kids will call in, you know, sick from you know to go not go to school? Like he he had to go to the hospital and stuff. This is one of those phone calls you get. Hey, before I go on, I just want to let you know everything's fine, and you just got to <laughs> brace yourself. As soon as you hear that, I assume, especially as a parent, whenever your kids uh-huh. call to say that, hey, before you say before I say anything, I want you to know everything's fine. <laughs> yes, you you know you're in for something then, but that's, it's important. That's to do the that. phone call we got. <laughs> It's important to do that. Actually, you may have gotten that phone call. I got that phone uh, call. I was texting him about something or other, and he texted that he wasn't going to be able to go see the movie last night. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I said, what's up? And he texted me a picture of him in his hospital gown and with an e- IV hooked up to him. He didn't, he didn't look happy in that photo. No. He sent me that photo, too. I was like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Get some, get some rest, man. Yeah. Some peaceful rest. Rest, R- rest R- in peace. R- rest R- in R- peace, man. Yeah. Um, that's that's a callback to the pre-show. You know, I think that the guru, I don't know if we're going to say his name or not, but he would get that humor and he would think it's pretty funny. Okay, good. Yeah. Good to know. He's all about that. Um, have you ever, like, have you been sick yet this, this season? Because this is the season for it. See, here's the thing with me. I never get serious sick. Never. But I get micro sick, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh food poisoning or just a, you know a nightly stomach flu or something mm-hmm. like that yeah all the time so for me like it's just like, oh yeah it's wednesday i guess i'm gonna go get sick now but i never like i gotta go to the hospital like years since then yeah so, what about you i don't think i've been sick to where i have to go to the hospital uh it had been a long it had been three years since i've been sick at all really and then just a month ago uh i caught a bug that my kids had it was basically a one day uh, kind of put you down because of the cough kind of thing. Yeah. And then the cough lingered for another week, maybe even after I felt yeah. better. So, but it wasn't too bad. Well, I used to work in a hospital, so my immune system is like <laughs> solid rock. All, yeah. And I assume you being a parent to right? all boys. A parent of four boys. Yeah. Your immune yeah. system. I think yeah. you and I are on equal grounds. <laughs> That's right. Our our white blood cells are amazing. Yeah, they do great work. Our blood is actually just white. <laughs> we look we we're, we turned into the androids from the Alien series. You know, we just bleed okay. white. That's us. That's good. I'm glad you went that direction instead of like American History X or something like that. You know, no, 
No, gosh, no. I didn't want it to become a race thing. No, no. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we clear that up. Yeah, uh, I'm, our... backing, I'm backing up hard now. <laughs> <laughs> we got a big show, packed show today. Uh, the yeah. movies has kind of let us down this week, so we're going to talk more television. Which did uh, not let us down. No, we uh, season one of Legion has finished up. Uh, season one slash series yeah. of Big Little Lies wrapped up. Both seven episodes, which by the way... Eight for... Uh... Both. Eight? Eight. No, seven. I promise. You promise. Double promise. I just looked this up. Legion season one has eight episodes. All right, do Big Little Lies now. Big Little Lies. Does this mean if I'm right that I get to sit in your chair? <laughs> it won't be the first time that you've been right and I've been wrong. B- uh, Big Little Lies is seven episodes. There we go. See, we're both right. Yeah, I'll stay over here. We're okay. <laughs> All right, eight episodes of Big Little Lies. No, seven episodes. It doesn't matter. Eight and seven. (laughs) Their first seasons wrapped up, and we're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk a little bit about the movie Going In Style, even though Andrew didn't get a chance to see it. Nope. Uh, And then we'll have some buried treasure at the end. We'll also have our feedback section, which has a new name, which I'll uh, reveal once we get there. Even I don't know. Yeah, Andrew's uh, waiting for that one as well. But first, we've got some uh, Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on, and I will decide if anything here is worth talking about. Not only do we have a Do We Care segment here, but we are also starting off with some We Care Deeply as the world mourns the passing of the truly legendary Don Rickles, who passed away at the age of 90. Yeah. I think for... We do have some younger listeners. I think a lot of them would recognize him as Mr. Potato Head from the Toy Story movies. Sure. But... I never watched all the se- all of the series that I'm about to talk about, but I did watch CPO Sharky. Did you ever watch that no, one? No, not at all. Chief Petty Officer Sharky. I, uh, he's just an insult comic. Yeah. Famously. The best insult comic yeah, of all time. Famously, he was the only person that could make fun of Sinatra to his face and get away with it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Sinatra was a little thin-skinned, the rumor yeah. is. Like, he didn't. He wanted to always be seen as you know above that kind of stuff, yeah. and so Rickles was the only one who was able to kind of break through that barrier somehow he was yeah the greatest of all time so yeah i well, uh i you know toy story is obviously my big uh you yeah. know kind of axis of where i've encountered him but just in culture you just know him and it's been amazing on twitter and different places to see people uh honor him in different ways they obviously haven't started production yet on toy story 4 but um yeah so they'll have to find a replacement for yeah him, which and, is sad and and jim varney you know passing away a few years ago he only did the first one right? he only jim I, varney? I think he only did the first one i think you're right okay. about that i'd have to check to make sure but yeah it's and just... i remember when jim varney jim varney was my don rickles yeah so when i was growing up jim varney was right there next to like any religious figure for me because you know what i mean for yeah, know what I mean? Know what I mean. Know what I mean. Um, so now we're going to move on to Do We Care. Since we had one We Care Deeply, we only have two Do We Cares. Sure. So in weird production news, Christian Bale, Steve Carell, and Amy Adams will be in Adam McKay's next biopic. Okay. No, That's nothing, cast. nothing yeah. interesting there, except when you find out that it's a biopic of Dick Cheney. And Christian Bale's going to be playing Dick Cheney. <laughs> Steve Carell's going to be Donald Rumsfeld. And Amy Adams is going to be Lynn Cheney. Wow. Why I... do you have all of these beautiful people playing, <laughs> like, the Cheneys and the Rumsfelds? Well, that's nothing That's nothing new. I mean, a lot of actors and actresses are considered beautiful people, and they end up, you know, through prosthetics and makeup or whatever, that's playing true. people we wouldn't consider necessarily beautiful people. But um but do you see batman and cheney being the same person though i don't know but did you see like you know who was it leonardo dicaprio playing howard hughes or you know Man, he he knocked that out of the park you know what the i'm aviator, saying like yeah. i mean you you can almost do anything uh with a good performance and good makeup so okay you know you just never know interesting though isn't it I, what's interesting to me is this continued path we're going on where we're doing like today's biopics we're not we've we've already mined everything from 40 years ago (laughs) and 30 years ago and 20 years like uh, all we got left is today so you know didn't the movie w the george bush movie come out while he was still in office that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of amazing uh in that way and yeah the world trade center stuff happened pretty quickly you know like a united 93 uh you know so i and i don't have a problem with that i really don't i think it's it's really interesting and uh, you know, introspective of us to kind of look at stuff that's even just recent that's happened. I think with the the modern person in the world today, it's easier for them to consume 
entertainment, even though, you know, it's dramatized. Yeah. They can kind of they see that as a way of getting their you know their news now. That's but see that's dangerous. It I is don't, dangerous. I don't like that. I'm just saying that's what's happening. Yeah, we ha- you have to see it as entertainment. Yeah. So Adam McKay famously he was a comedic director, but then he did The Big Short uh, two years ago. Where is it? It was where is it last year? No, it's two years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. So now this is going to be his next biopic. He knocked it out of the park whenever he did that, and he also did Hardball, I think. Yeah, Big Short. Oh, was, I know it was written by the same guy. Yeah, Big Short was yeah. really good. I enjoyed that. The final Do We Care. This one's so fun. Things are not looking good for Shane Black's upcoming film, The Predator. Initially, Arnold Schwarzenegger was written in the script in the f- to reprise his role as okay. Dutch. But after reading the script, Arnold said, They asked me. I said it. I didn't like it. I won't do that. Whoa. So, what happened in that script? If Arnold thinks... Arnold... <laughs> thinks the script is bad. You know they're in trouble waters. We're talking about a man who did not say no to last action hero Hercules in New York and Junior. Kindergarten so, cop. Hey, there's nothing wrong with kindergarten cop. It's Malatuma. It's Malatuma. It's not a good script. Not a good script. But, oh, man. Yeah, I, I looked at the cat because I, I knew that the movie was happening. I knew they were making a new Predator yeah. movie. So I looked at the cast as a crazy weird cast. Is yeah, it? But, Olivia Munn, mm-hmm. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, um, I like uh, these people. The new kid from Room okay. is in the movie, and yeah. then you have—I uh, don't know his name off the top of my head—but uh, he's in uh, This Is Us. He's the the African American son. Oh yeah, um, he was also just in People versus OJ. He yes, played Johnny he, Cochran. Uh, what no, he his... he wasn't Johnny Cochran. He was. Uh, oh no no, you, uh, yeah, Durden. Yeah. yeah, he was Durden. Yeah yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's really weird cast, and then Shane Black is directing it. So that could be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Although I never, I've never seen the original Predator, which is such a shame. Everybody has movie. Is that one that you're like kind of ashamed to say you haven't nah, seen, or just I mean, is Predator? I get it. He's an alien. Yeah, I like it. It strikes me as one of those old, you know, '80s action movies, rated R action movies that I just I don't need to get around to. For me, Predator... I mean, is there something spectacular about it that I need to see? Yeah, it's, uh, it is uh, it is that 80s action movie, but yeah. at the same time, it still captures that intensity and, like, eeriness of Alien. You think it, it captures what Alien captured? Do you think, like, no, it's intense okay. like that? So there's horror elements to Predator, but if you've seen it enough... I, I don't. I just remember whenever maybe it's just one of those things that you watch when you're a kid, kind of like Alien, yeah. where it sticks with you. That's and, what it strikes me as. And uh, since I saw it as a kid, it's now you know forever in my mind. And as this, you know, amazing action movie. It's like I don't feel like I need to catch up on like all the Friday the Thirteenth movies that I missed when I was that age. Yeah, you know, it, just, it has okay. that. It has that kind of same like. Yeah, I get it. It was big then, and there's a nostalgia thing to it for a lot of people. But it doesn't strike me as like. A movie that's going to make a best all time list or something that that isn't my top one hundred movies of all time. Well, then maybe I should. Yeah, I should work my way through your top one hundred of all time at least. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's some movies in there that I guarantee you some people would question how it made it into my top one hundred. But that's what makes it your list. That's why we love it. That's very true. That's yeah, why, it that's is, why I we didn't love say it's lists. the top one hundred. That's it's right. My top. That's 100. exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Let's go wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, uh, let's move on to Legion. Just tell me what happened next. Look. I don't know. It's fuzzy. You went off your medication. Wake up. Why? Uh, we're just looking for the truth. Which you promised to tell. I told you they took her. Sydney Barrett, the girl who disappeared. She didn't disappear. She took my place, and I took hers. Legion comes to us from the X-Men universe about David Holler. He's a troubled young man diagnosed with schizophrenia as a child. He's been in and out of psychiatric hospitals for years, and now in his early 30s, finds himself institutionalized again. His daily routine, including therapy, taking medications, and silently listening to talkative friend Lenny, is upended when troubled new patient Sid arrives and they are inexplicably drawn to each other. Legion on FX starring Dan Stevens as the central character, Aubrey Plaza in there as well, uh, Gene Smart, I think, several others. Uh, this is, again, based in the X-Men universe. Um, it's finished up its first season. Now, we talked a little bit about Legion after the third episode. Yeah. we So there are some of these thoughts that may be a little bit, you know, 
we may return to them. But now that we're done with season one, I did want to revisit it and kind of see what you thought of the season in its yeah. entirety. What did you think? Loved it. Yeah? Absolutely loved it. I'm just going to go with liked it. Just liked it? Not even really liked it? <clears throat> I could go with really liked it. Okay. I'm just, I I think, and let's start here because I think it's it can be the primary um, negative. I know we usually start with positives, but I think it's just too confusing. I, I really, really think, and I thought that was just going to be a first couple episodes thing. But it really, through the entire thing, does not do a lot to give you uh, like a foundation of what you're watching, what's going on, what does it mean, all those kind of things. Now, I, I think that's intentional and like much respect for doing that. Yeah. But I was hoping I would get a real sense of this world and, and what was real and what wasn't. It, I just want to know what the, uh, the marketing uh, meeting for this show was where they said... Or the pitch meeting, I guess I should say, where they were like, hey, you know, we're going to make a television show in the X-Men universe. Uh-huh. And then they were like, oh, that sounds amazing. But then they were like, yeah, we're going to make it in the same vein as Mr. Robot or Primer, where you're confused <laughs> th- during the entire thing. And they're like, uh, that I don't know. Shouldn't we get, you know, like Wolverine or, you know, Cable or Gambit in the show? No. <laughs> It's all about this one psychotic character, and you don't know if a single second of the show is real or not. I, yeah, I, and I would say that's a positive for me. Like, I'm I'm glad that somebody is taking risks like this. It's a very big, but I think it's a, pay, a risk that pays off in a big way for me. I think so, it's too. It's so fresh. I, it is. It just feels like the, this is one show that doesn't feel like anything else on tv no right am i wrong about that besides mr robot i see i don't even think it feels like mr robot i think even mr robot with its unreliable narrator yeah has a better sense of bringing you know like a a narrative structure to what it's doing this there is some narrative structure that you can kind of like grab onto but for the most part you're experiencing something yeah does that make sense i'll say this then and i'll just i know we're not doing cons yet but you started one song i throw out one too yeah go ahead um, we'll start so with the cons Let's there start with the cons. is no to little progression in the show at all like where you start off is where you end as far as what you understand in this first season mm-hmm. so i think because the subject matter is so dense and heavy that they felt maybe the first season is just introducing people to the into the world and to get them you know, mentally prepared, no pun intended, for what the show is going to, you know, do and say moving forward. But for a lot of people who want a good story told, maybe they would have been too confused because it's not a show you can watch in the background and understand. You got to oh, watch no, every no, no, single no. episode yeah, yeah, yeah. once or twice to fully understand. Yeah, it's not. It's not a uh, a show built for web browsing. Like you no. know, you can't. I have to like close my laptop. You know. Put it down, put my phone down somewhere and, and focus. I'm curious now that the first season is done. Do you Which I don't mind, by the way. I think it's great to have those kind of shows. I need some of the other kind of shows, too. Yeah. But, but you, yeah. You need the uh, the match games, you know, to watch in the background. <laughs> but um, do you think that now that the show is fully done, if you were to binge watch all of this, it would make yeah. a little bit more sense? Because I you're feel going, like that. Yeah. You mean, if, you mean binge watch it? As if it were the first time? Yeah. Or binge watch it knowing it's the second time through? Do you think that if you, hypothetically, if you would have seen all of these back to back instead of waiting weekly to see them, that you would have had a better understanding? Maybe slightly, because there is something about being able just to get through. I think the the confusion that you feel is amplified by the time that it takes to watch the next episode. So yeah. it kind of sits there and gets amplified. And then when the next one comes and also you've forgotten some of the stuff when you're confused, it's easy to forget things yeah. because you don't have something to attach them to. You know, that's part of what a narrative structure does. It allows you to attach the scenes and the characters and those kind of things in a place in a moment so that they're more memorable. Yeah. When something like this doesn't have as much of a narrative structure and is, is more haphazard, it's harder to attach those things. So you forget a lot easier. Oh, who is this character? What were they doing? Because there's nothing to attach them to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think binging actually might help this this out quite a bit. Because I know there are a lot of people out there who were really hesitant about picking up a new show, especially one that we have told them is really confusing. 
Yeah. But now that it's all done, I think if you binge watch it, you might be able to understand a little bit more what's going I, on. I land on the worth worth the confusion side of things. I really oh, do. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's it's visually uh, spec innovative, I should say. It's visually innovative enough that that alone makes me glad I watched it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that I'm in it because I just, I love, I even down to the simple uh, effects they use on the title, you know, how the title has a different background floating behind yeah. it than the foreground, like that kind of stuff, just stuff like that where you're in one world, but looking, you know, through to another world through the title, it's because it's not just a cool effect. It also kind of means something in this world, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and I'll go here as we talk about what we love. Uh, Dan Stevens is incredible in this thing. Like I just, I, the more this went on, especially those last two or three episodes, uh, I am blown away by this man. Honestly, I think every single performer in this is somewhere between amazing and brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think that across the board, everybody is crazy good. Somebody that somebody that I really like, and I don't know, like if you picked up on loving this character as much as I did, but the carries the the old man and the girl, mm-hmm. and they're uh, the connection they have, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen the show, but yeah, we're not going to spoil anything. Are we doing a spoiler on either? We of can these? talk a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I um, figured most of our spoiler talk would be on Big Little Lies. It seems like one that needs more of the spoilers to have some further discussion on it. Okay. But um, but yeah, we can throw some Legion stuff in there too but, in our uh, our sift spoil. I think his name is a uh, Bill Irwin, who is yes. one of the carries. Man, I love that guy so much. He was so good. And then you have Jemaine Clement from the Flight of the Concords in this as well. And I thought he was just going to be, you know, like a, a just a funny character, you know, just, you know, like your one little escape to a realm mm-hmm. of humor. Yeah, like a sidekick, but like he a was, comic relief. He is, he is a comic relief, but at the same time, he's really good and his character is fascinating. Yeah. So there are so many different story arcs that this first season drops on you that... They don't answer a single one of them, by the way. So there are so many different ways that the show can go. I, I, do, think, there I, is, wish... I think there is one story arc that is answered. Really? I really do. I'd be curious to find out which one you think is. Yeah. But uh, I I just really can't wait to see where the show goes from here. Yeah, hold that question in your brain and ask me during, during spoilers. Because I, I do think there is one storyline that does get answered. And if you can hang your hat narratively on anything, it's that one storyline. So do you think it's the main one? I do. Okay. This is the main one. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the main storyline does, does have some resolution to it. Yeah. So yeah. Anything else you wanted to bring up about Legion before we move on? I can't rank recommend it enough, but you have to commit to it. Like it's not a show you can watch in the background. My, uh, one last thing, if I had one would probably be, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, so good. I, I, and good in a way that was uh, really surprising to me. I've never seen her like this before. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it when an actor or actress uh, blows my mind with their um, versatility, yeah. you know? Whenever, uh, I don't know if I said it in this show or not, or maybe it was another podcast, but I called who I thought the villain was going to end up being. Mm-hmm. Made me feel good. Because <laughs> you got it right. I got it right, yeah. Well, speaking of getting it right, let's oh. move on to Big Little Lies. What do you look at in the ocean? What's out there? Life. Dreams. Mystery. Monsters. Who knows what lies out there beneath the surface? Big Little Lies, uh, HBO, Sunday nights. Uh, it brings us Reese Witherspoon. You had an all-star. You got Laura Dern, Laura Nicole, Dern Kidman, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, what a cast. Alexander Skarsgård. It's based on the same title bestseller, Big Little Lives. It weaves a darkly comedic tale of murder and mischief in the tangled beachfront town of Monterey, California, told through the eyes of three mothers, Madeline, Celeste, and Jane. The series narrative explores society's myths regarding perfection and its romanticization of marriage, sex, parenting, and friendship. What did you think of Big Little Lies Season 1? Can't love it enough. I love it on this one. Yeah. Uh, This one blew my mind. This is one of the best miniseries I've ever seen, and I might be bold enough to say it might be one of the best miniseries ever made. Now, uh, let's let's, uh, talk about this, because you use the term miniseries as opposed to TV show. Yeah. Why is that? 
Well, a miniseries is a one and done. There's not multiple seasons to it. They mm-hmm. just have. But gr- nobody's come out and said that they're not doing a season two of this. They've said it's a miniseries. At the same time, a mini- because I just heard the creator say that they left some some clues that there might be further things to explore. Maybe. I thought it was just a miniseries, yeah. because that's what everybody's been calling it. I think it should be. Don't get me wrong. I think it's one and done leave is perfect. Well, for leave the- well enough alone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This show is going to win every single Golden Globe or Emmy that it's nominated for. Uh, you would think so, man. Because here's the thing. It made a promise, right? Like it said, here are these incredible A-list actresses who are going to come together in this best-selling story on television, it made this promise that said, this is going to be A-list, right? Yeah. And then it backed it up and then some. And that's that's incredible to me. Yeah. You, because you'd think there'd be the high expectations alone. Because going into this, I'm like, come on. Reese that's a high bar, and then you just you pole vault over it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. So I, I think you could be right. I think there are a lot of awards uh, in the future for the this show. The only problem is I don't know who's going to win because Kidman. Every I, okay, I did write down if anybody's going to win, it might be Nicole Kidman. It, it's Kidman because what she's asked to do, yeah. and the subject matter that they're trying to tackle with her character is so powerful, and it's you know her and Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. The what they're asked to do is insane. Obviously, we're going to wait to spoilers before we talk about right. anything, right? Because this is a show I would hate if somebody spoiled for me. Let, so, so let's talk about non-spoily things. I'll start here with something I liked: uh, the depth of this show was much deeper than I expected it to be. The way it touches on the subject matter that you're talking about, those kind of things, uh, was so empathetic and beautiful and uh, nuanced and. I just thought it was brilliant in the way that it handled its depth, like what it was about. Plus, it was about more than even just that topic. It was about women and friendships. And uh, I think it it captured for me the idea of being a woman and having, you know, relationships and those kind of things better than I've seen any other pop culture thing do. Like, I felt I understood. And I've said this with race before, too. There's some yeah. things that just capture the black experience in a way mm-hmm. that allow me into that world, even as a white man, to un- to feel like I can better understand and have empathy and, and, you know, be in somebody else's shoes. And when culture does that, I stand up and applaud because yeah. the more we can live in each other's shoes and understand each other's experience, the more we can love each other and be empathetic with each other. And I think this this show did that for me. Yeah, absolutely. And this may surprise you, Aaron, but I'm not a mother. <laughs> so I'm never fully going to understand sure. the bond that a mother feels for her child. Right. But I think this show is as close as I'm ever going to get to understanding that because these performances are so powerful and they... I truly believe these actresses, whenever they say that they love these kids as if they were their own. I didn't see an actress and a child actor or actress. Right. A I, saw, and child. I saw a mom and a kid. Of course, the thing that it's getting the most, I think, praise for, rightly so, is the editing. The editing in this show is mind-blowingly brilliant. The way they use sound, like duck sound out, and they'll, they do like these weird flashbacks in this movie where... Yeah. The sound isn't there, and you so it's it almost felt more like a real flashback, like yeah. you would have one. Yeah, that's what I, that was one of the points I made. Like all these flashbacks where there's no sound at all, yeah, makes it more powerful. Your mind fills in the blank, and your mind will fill in either the best or the worst depending on the situation. And that that's brilliant. That really is. Was there anything you didn't like yes. about Big Little Lies? All uh, right, what are some of the negatives? So during the show, there were several storylines that were brought to the forefront, but by the time the show ended, there was no closure to many of them. Right, because they are uh, red herrings. Yeah, because that's, exa- that's exactly what I wrote down. I was like, maybe the the red herrings because of what in the first episode something is revealed and it's we have to wait until the series is over to find out what the closure is on that. Yes. I didn't know if they were red herrings or if they were story arcs that we needed closure on. So if they are red herrings, then well done. But I also did want to find out what was going to happen with those. Sure. I they didn't that didn't bother me as much because really? of I knew what the structure was. You know, it is a mystery. This yeah. show in in addition to being a deep character study is also a mystery, um, and because it's a mystery, I knew why they were building in these plot lines and these yeah. different character relationships and those kind of things. Uh, so I, I understood 
kind of why it was happening, and I didn't need necessarily resolution on those things. I think it gave resolution on some of those things. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of wrapped a couple of those storylines up. Yeah. But not all of them, for sure. No, 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 no. Uh, another thing that I love about the show, and I think that I had this show as a buried treasure a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. After the first episode, I think you did. Okay, yeah. I said that one of the things I loved about the show, and I was very justified, as it turns out, by the end of the show, is that I loved how in the show they're interviewing other people in the town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that how unreliable that third-party narrative is. Mm -hmm. Man, they really cranked that up as the show went on, and it just got better. I completely disagree. You didn't like it. That's my least favorite part of the show. I love it because... Were those interviews. I love the interviews because it really gives you an in-depth look as, like, to how dumb gossip is. Yes. No, I agree with that, and I get the point of them. I think my point is they don't feel like they're in the same show. The tone of those moments always took me out of the show. You know, it was this very deep, powerful, well-performed thing, and then all of a sudden it turned into kind of like uh, like The Office, like a mockumentary in some ways, and it mm-hmm. was like the tone shifted for me in a way that was distracting. And I every time one happened, I was like, ugh. Really? I, I just want to see the story. I just tell no, me I the think story. I think you're supposed to go, ugh, because those people are dumb. <laughs> They're really dumb. I know, but but uh, but not uh in that kind of way. Uh in the kind of way as like, you know, this isn't the show I'm enjoying. Please get back to the show I'm enjoying. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that and and again, I obviously loved it, so it wasn't like it, you know, hurt it too bad for me, but that was my one negative. That's those the things. true definition of an unreliable narrator. None of, they don't know. It's it's the confidence in their ignorance that I really find fascinating. Yeah. That's what I truly loved. Uh, do you have one more thing about the show? My one more thing is I figured out the central mystery about four episodes in, and I don't know that I care. Like, it, it because yeah. of the way the show, and I, I don't know that it was trying to hide it uh, an extreme amount, um, but it seemed to me it was the only place the show really could go yeah. that would offer the closure and I'm, I'm talking around it cause I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. but you could say that the show is trying to find out who a specific person is. And I had it narrowed down to about four people Two, I was really like, uh, it's possibly this person mm-hmm. or it might be this person turned out. I was right on one of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm right with you. I didn't care cause it was good. Cause it's so well done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, that's the, the key, the key thing that people don't realize, because we live in a pop culture world that is uh, a lot about gimmicks and those kind of things, if you have great writing and great characters yeah. and a great you know, uh, central story, just take your audience on a ride. And you know, if you do it well, they'll, they'll enjoy it. So You don't have to Shyamalan people. No. So. Totally agree. Although yeah. a good Shyamalaning is also fun. A good Shyamalaning will make Aaron Dicer scream <laughs> out in the middle of a theater, make everybody turn around uh, and look at him. We are going to talk about that every week on Sif Pop. At some point, it's going to come up. It's because I've never seen you do that before. Um, overall, huge recommend. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Um, we're not done yet. No. We're going to talk about a movie. Woo! Going in style. Seeing an overdrawn balance in your daily checking. Yeah, my mortgage payment tripled. I've disclosed the possibility of a rate hike during your refi. Do you remember that? Everyone on the ground, now! The three men walked off with $1.6 million. They choreographed it like a dance. A conga line right into prison. They didn't get caught. Going in style is about lifelong buddies Willie, played by Morgan Freeman, Joe, played by Michael Caine, and Albert played by Alan Arkin, decided to uh, buck retirement, step off the straight and narrow when they lose their pension funds. The three men risk it all by embarking on an adventure to knock off the very bank that took their money. Uh, It is a heist movie with old people. Now, I did not see this movie. You went so. Aaron, how did you feel about it? General thoughts. I don't know that we need to spend a, a lot of time on this. It was the movie when I put out a poll that more people voted for that they wanted to hear talk about rather There's than There's only two movies out this week. Smurfs if you wanted to hear talk on Smurfs, we did do some in the pre-show. So uh, if you're a Patreon yeah. supporter, you can check that out. We also talked about best movies starring blue people. So that was fun. Dabba-dee, dabba-dee. I This is a movie that I was just meh. 
It didn't really care. It's the definition of meh. Yeah. It looked like a meh movie. (laughs) Here's here's the thing, though. There are some things I liked about it. Number one, these three guys are really endearing together. Um, I love Alan Arkin, Morgan Freeman, and and Michael Caine Caine together. And there is a scene where they're watching The Bachelorette, and it's gold. Like, it's just like, I, I wish that had been the whole movie, was them just like, being old buddies and hanging out together yeah. and that kind of thing. Because the moment this movie tries to do the bank heist thing, to do, you know, all, all the things it's trying to do, it just is so ridiculous and so unbelievable. And you just need a, a two hour or an hour and a half my dinner with Andre with these guys. <laughs> you don't need a bank heist movie. You just need them talking to each other. Or how about this? Or how about this bank heist movie? But make it more realistic. Like give it some. Some real solid consequence. Give it some risk. Give it some, you know, they want it so bad to be a comedy that I think they forgot that, you know, the the entire concept of robbing a bank is dangerous. Like they are, they are putting people's lives in danger. And the movie kind of glosses over that a little bit for the sake of comedy and also for the sake of us liking these guys. Yeah. But what if the movie had decided to really understand that to understand the real consequences of making this choice just because you got you know bilked out of your pension fund that's that's a real crazy hard and i would say unethical decision to rob a bank to make your point and to get your money back you know what i mean yeah so deal with that instead of just making it this farce yeah i think that could have been a better movie but as it is it's just you know ridiculous and not grounded in the there are some funny moments, but again, most of it comes from their chemistry and and then hanging out. Christopher Lloyd is in this as well. Really? Yeah. And, oh uh, man, Doc Brown. Yeah, it was playing a senile old man. Imagine that. Yeah. So can't recommend it. No, I don't think so. Um, Plenty I, of other good things to go see. I mean, if you want to rent it at some point, maybe you know, but I wouldn't spend more than a couple bucks on. If you see on it on Netflix, it. is it going to be a movie that ends up on the Netflix? title panel you think it <laughs> could be possibly and <laughs> in, in your meh category on netflix <laughs> a good old meh category did you have any any questions about it or anything like that it looked like a skippable movie so i didn't really bother thinking of anything yeah pretty much i wanted to know if you know the chemistry between these guys was going to work and you answered that one so. I, it does i really think it does i just wish they had a better movie to you know work it in yeah. It seems like Morgan Freeman these days is his career is either playing God or somebody who's about to meet God. <laughs> Before we get on to the rest of the show though, oh, yeah. I do want to let people know about Patreon. We have another supporter, uh Lara pledged. So thank you, Lara, supporting every month to keep the Studio DNA podcast network on the air. Sif Pop is part of that network and the Patreon is for all the podcasts on that network so when you get your dedicated podcast feed as a supporter not only do you get this podcast but any other podcast on the network all the bonus episodes all the exclusive pre-shows all that kind of stuff and i think it's a great thing thank you so much for making it happen we really could not do this the entire podcast network comes right out of this studio so thanks for making it pod uh, possible <laughs> possible uh, thanks for making it possible I'm surprised you haven't made that pun sooner. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. We have a new segment we started last week with feedback, uh, questions that you might have. And uh, we called it Siftback yeah. last week, which admittedly was a pretty, pretty poor name. So I kind of mentioned, you know, hey, is there a better name that anybody can think of? And Blake came through on Twitter uh, at Midnight Jog says, maybe call it the Sift Quest. Because people are searching for info, like Ooh. a quest, and quest also sounds like question. I love that. That's really good, Blake. I really love that. So we're going to adopt that, and each week we will venture forth together on a quest for answers. If you have burning pop culture questions, need an argument settled, or have a culture conundrum, simply tweet me at Aaron Dicer or email feedback at siftpop.com. Today's Sift Quest was launched by Drew via email here's what drew says and this is a little bit of a deeper one i'm excited to talk about this one okay drew says i'm a relatively new fan to your podcast and youtube channel maybe october and have grown to really love your videos and weekly podcasts one thing that stands out to me about your show is your desire to have an actual conversation about anything even if it's something you may disagree about you're very open about being a christian but you don't ever force your views onto someone else's thoughts or opinions about the topic and i definitely admire that about you 
With that in mind, I wanted to ask you something that I've been going back and forth about in my own life. I'm 26, currently finishing up my third year of pharmacy school in Texas, married, and like you, a huge fan of movies. But as a Christian, I often feel like I have to justify which movies I see. For instance, I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones. But sometimes I feel like people think less of me as a Christian knowing the content of that show. With movies and shows pushing the boundaries of R ratings, I just don't know how to feel about them. I don't ever feel bad for watching them, but some of my friends and family make me feel like I should. I just wanted to get your opinion on it since you seem to have a good handle on it, Drew. Wow, he's just going for the deep end there. Wow, you want to pick take this one? Sure. It's more yeah. aimed at you, really. It's oh, absolutely. Of- but here's what's interesting. I would love to get some opinion from you, too, okay. as somebody. What would you self-identify with faith-wise? Like agnostic? Former, probably some- agnostic. Uh, okay. Open to the concept of religion, not convinced by any. That's a great way to say it. But I like the idea of kind of getting your opinion, too, as, you know, somebody who doesn't have the same faith necessarily that I do, because he's absolutely right. My Christianity is something that comes up every once in a while, but it's not the point of what we do here. You know, we're yeah. talking about movies, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to get your your opinion as well. Okay. For me, I come from that culture. You know, when there was sex or violence or, you know, bad language or those kind of things, that automatically made something bad. And yeah. I think it has to do with the idea of uh, garbage in, garbage out, which is a phrase, you know, you'll hear a lot, uh, which basically just means... If you hear enough of it, it's going to become part of you. If you see enough of it, it's going to become part of you, that kind of thing. What I've come to believe as an adult is that that is not necessarily true. Because we have our own decisions that we can make, it's not like hearing something or seeing something or anything like that automatically means I'm going to start being that kind of person. Yeah. If that were the case, I couldn't watch, you know, uh, anything about anybody that did anything wrong because maybe then I would start doing stuff wrong. Uh, the other part I, I often talk about is the fact that if you go back to the Bible, <laughs> the Bible is full of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the Old Testament of the <laughs> Bible is brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brutal and very sexual yeah. as well. And so, you know, it's it's really interesting how uh, Christians can separate those two things and uh, the stories that are told in the Old Testament and even some of the New Testament as well. Yeah. It's it's not as if they leave a lot to the imagination. So is it just because it's printed word versus, you know, something on the screen? The only thing I would say is I think it's different with kids. Uh, children's brains actually are designed to learn how to become what they see. That's how we learn to talk. That's how we learn to walk, you know, all this kind of stuff. But there comes a point during adolescence where you transition from just, you know, soaking in the world around you and making it part of yourself to discerning and you know taking what you see around you and actually deciding what you want to be and how you want to do those kind of things so i i I just don't know that content is as much of an issue for me as it used to be as a christian like i just i haven't seen um the impact that i was always told would be there you know i don't curse like a sailor as many f-bombs as i hear every week in the movie theater i i i don't like the argument that i hear kids shouldn't play video games or watch bad movies because then they'll try and emulate, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're seeing. But what video games or bad movies was Stalin or Hitler watching that turned them into (laughs) the people they were, you know? Oh, I'm sure they had messed up stuff in their childhoods. Yeah, but I'm just saying that you can't automatically assume just because somebody is watching a specific type of content that that means that's the type of person they are. I think there is a... Thick line, not a thin line. There's a thick line between watching something like art. That's what movies and video mm-hmm. games. It's art. It's not a. It's not propaganda. So I think that there are people out there who believe that's what movies and uh, video games are. They they look at them as propaganda, as a way of praising or evoke a certain message as a and sometimes you know movies do have a message but most of the time i think 99 percent of the time the message is trying to get across is a positive one you know mm-hmm. don't do this or <laughs> yeah so i think that people like 
if a movie has something in it that it's championing championing something mm-hmm. you know i look at movies like uh i'm thinking of goodfellas or something like that where yeah. it almost does feel like a glorification of violence or criminal activity those kind of things yeah and that's a different thing to me that's that's different than just watching violence that's talking about what a movie is saying and even that i don't think is i don't think there's anything wrong with interacting with that i think what you what I try to do is make sure my brain is turned on, and I think everybody does this, to the point where you know what you agree with and what you disagree with and what you're watching, and that you're alert to that. I would disagree with you a little bit, Andrew. I do think for kids it is important. I really do. Um, and maybe it's just seeing my own kids and how uh, when they watch something, they immediately do it. Like, it's immediately, you know, if they watch Star Wars, it's immediately everything's a lightsaber, you know? Yeah. Um, those kind of things. So I do feel like with, with kids, there is a different level of brain activity that's happening. Once you go through adolescence and you're an adult, you figured out how to take, or you should have figured out how to take the world around you and decide the kind of person you want to be, so not necessarily you- become what you see so do you think that whenever your kids are playing with lights or pretending that there's with lightsabers Mm -hmm. just hypothetically yeah do you think that they are having difficulties differentiating between their own imagination and the real world at that point no i don't think it's an imagination versus real world thing i think it is an automatic human behavior as a child to become what your environment is okay um the brain in fact there have been brain studies on this the brain the child's brain is different uh chemically than an adult's brain it's made up differently because well, it's made to learn so yeah. much so quickly that's why you're really encouraged whenever you're younger to learn a second language when you're younger because yeah, it's exactly. easier for you yes exactly um you can in that and again that's how we learn to talk we just make it a part of ourselves because yeah. it's around us for me, I've had this conversation with relatives, with friends, uh, especially as I become uh, a movie critic and I'm seeing everything, whether it be, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey or, you know, whatever it might be where, you know, people uh, who are Christians go, how do you do that? How is that even how do you not feel like you're, quote unquote, sinning by watching something like that? And I don't think viewing something can ever be sin. So you, I know you're Christian. Do you attend church like weekly or yeah, something? Yeah. Are there people? I don't want to get too personal. You don't have to. No, it's fine. I don't, don't mind want being to. personal. Yeah. Uh, do are there people in your congregation who they the judgmentalism? At, the judgmentalism is yeah. there, is there in that like is that part of your life in that in that specific sector of the church the church specifically? I think those people keep it to themselves. Okay. I think it's probably there under the surface. Uh, I do not experience it directly. That's good. Uh, well, to That's be honest, I'd rather experience it directly. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something about being honest about it that that would be nice if people do have those feelings, which is then why... you could have a conversation about exactly, it. Exactly, which is why I love when a family member or a friend will come to me and say, you know, how is this possible for you to do this as a Christian? And then I can have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, for you, Drew, I think you just have to figure out where those lines are for you. Now, I'm also not saying there aren't things in our own individual lives, we would call these convictions in Christianity, yeah. that you know can impact you in the same way if you know you have an alcohol problem don't go to the bar you know what i mean yeah. like you know that that whole thing if if you have been trying to clean up your language so to speak let's say you want you know to not use certain words in your vocabulary yeah. there may be something really smart about not putting yourself in a position where those words are pounded into your head um you know the same with you know a struggle with lust or something like that to not you know watch a very sexual movie is probably a good idea um, but I think a lot of that depends on who you are, your personality, and, you know, kind of your maturity and your strength. Yeah, because you, this show and all the shows under the Studio DNA and Umbrella mm-hmm. are all family friendly. Yes. And you have me on as a co host for this one. My content on Flick Freaks is definitely not family friendly Correct. because we don't have any filters as a whenever it comes to language. Right. But we're still able to have these conversations and we're still able to communicate with each other very respectfully. Right. We don't... I know... I hope... I know for a fact you don't look down on me just because I swear... I use swear words because it gives me time to think of other words to say. (laughs) (laughs) But... Is that why you use swear That's pretty much. That's pretty much why I swear. Like, oh, what can I... Give me a little space to think of It gives me time, but there's no dead air, so I just throw swear words out. (laughs) And you, I've heard you say, 
you, if you were to ever swear, you would just come across as Mel Gibson's character in, in signs, signs yeah, because yeah. he it does it's not naturally for you, but yeah. it, for me it is. So just because somebody in your life, Drew, may not swear or they may not appreciate the content that you view like Game of Thrones, it doesn't mean specifically they think you're a bad person. They're right. they're disapproving of the content, not you. Right. And I think that's the that is the key thing to remember, right? Is we're each living yeah. our own life. Exactly. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's appropriate for our life, those moral, those ethical decisions. We in a lot of them, a lot of us base them on different things. You know, Drew and I base them on the idea of Christianity, a creator yeah. God who loves us and the relationship that we have with him. You know, um, uh, other people base those on, you know, community or culture or whatever the case may be. No. But just remember, everybody's on their own journey and ju- judgmentalism in all of its forms can be a very dangerous thing. Very. But having great conversations. I love that, you know. I'll have those. This this is why I love having these conversations, yeah. you know? I, before we finish this topic, though, I did want to ask you personally, if you don't mind sharing. Go for it. Is there any kind of content that you don't watch because you feel like it affects you? So not necessarily because it's wrong to watch, but you just avoid it because of the way it changes you or affects you. There have only been two films I watched that made me feel like physically ill mm-hmm. after watching it, and that was Clockwork Orange and Requiem for a Dream. Now, both of those are masterpieces in their own right, but at the same time, I don't think there are any kind of, there's no content I can think of that would make me a different person than who I am. Okay. Is that kind of what you're asking Yeah, I was asking if there's anything you avoid, like anything you choose to avoid. I don't really think so, because at the same time, I feel like, I would be depriving myself of experiencing something. I don't have to necessarily think it's good. Yeah. But I but don't there, think that I can just say, oh, it's this specific type of content, therefore I must shun away from it. But there are things in our lives outside of art that we make those choices. Like food is one of those. You know, yeah. we don't eat everything just so we can experience it. If we know it's going to have a bad effect on us. Yeah, you know, we'll like, avoid I can, it. Or I can't drink of, alcohol, so right. yeah, 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 like something like that. But you, but with media, you can't think of anything like that. Not real. I'm sure there is, but off the top of my head, like okay. for I'll I'll throw this out there. For example, I don't watch specific news outlets because I don't, you know, particularly agree with the viewpoints uh, of what their quote unquote facts are mm-hmm. or something like that. So you just find yourself getting angry, so it's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, Kind, I think that's as close as I can possibly come to answering that question for you. (laughs) My line, the only line I draw, and it's not really a line as much as it is a preference, is with uh, like torture movies, like Saw, those kind of movies. Yeah, I I don't like, okay, I don't like them. Yeah. So I don't, I, yeah, okay. I don't like how it makes me feel. I don't like, I don't don't watch, uh, there was a movie uh, back in 2008 or nine called Hostel. Yeah, yeah, that kind hey, of movie. It was torture porn. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't watch those because, I, I, yeah, that's a perfect example. I don't watch torture porn. There yeah, we go. And and I think porn's the right word there, you know. And I think the same goes for sexuality too. With pornography, is yeah. it's something that exists just to make that feeling in you. So like the torture porn is that vi- you know, it just exists to. How, how much can it gross you out with how violent it can get? And the same yeah. with pornography, you know, how sexual can it get to, you know, turn you on or those kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think when it comes to media that is meant to engage the parts of myself that that I don't like what it does to me, yeah. that's the stuff I avoid. Does that make sense? That's a perfect example. And I would totally agree. I, I can't watch movies like Saw or Hostel. I don't see the uh, appeal to them. Yeah. So we really got thrown into the deep end there with that Sith <laughs> quest. I thought yeah. we were going to start off with questions like, what's your favorite comedy from the 70s? <laughs> well, we kind of did. We did a little bit of that last week. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I don't unapprove of the question. We had a great conversation right there. You know, so. and that's that we really do want this feedback section to be about whatever you want it to be about. We, yeah. we are looking forward <laughs> to talking about what's your favorite comedy. We're looking yeah. forward to those questions. Uh, and there's already some in the bank that are really good, and we look oh, forward nice. to doing so. And thank you to Blake for coming up with that name. Yeah. That's really good. So bravo, Drew. Yeah. Thank you, Drew, for taking us on that awesome Sift Quest. Yeah. If you want to launch a Sift Quest of your own, just hit us up on Twitter or, again, email us at feedback at siftpop.com. All right. Before we finish up, let's do some buried treasure, Andrew. 
Yeah, let's do it. You want to go first? One thing in the area of pop culture that you want to let people know about. Yeah, I can go first. Uh, I finished the podcast S-Town. Did you listen to S-Town? I have not heard of it. You or, haven't You haven't heard of it? No. Okay, so... I have so many podcasts in my feed right now. No, it's great. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> it is the... It just broke the record for the most downloaded podcast ever in its first week. Whoa. So it is six or seven episodes, I can't remember, and it's all available immediately. And it's just this story from This American Life and Serial and the people that did those. Okay. uh, About this guy in a town in Alabama and kind of what he went through. And I don't want to give anything away. Uh, It is compelling. It is interesting. Kind of mind-blowing. I had a singular experience with this podcast. Whoa. Because when I was listening to it, I thought it was fiction. I thought that they were they were doing like a like a radio play. So it's a story cast, it's not a talking heads. Yeah, but it is a talking heads. Oh. But but I thought it's kinda like have you listened to This American Life? I don't think so. Okay. Radio Lab. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's that kind of thing where there's a there's a narrator, but they're yeah. telling you a story kind yeah. of thing. So I I thought they were playing off of that and creating this story. And so the whole time I was thinking it was fiction. And then at the end, they said something about research on this. And then I was like, wait a second. And I looked it up and I was like, that was a true story. Whoa. Like, and it totally changed my perspective. I can't, like, I don't know what it would be like to listen to this knowing that it's a true story. And I wonder if it's an even better experience doing that because I had some issues with it. Um, like issues like, well, that actor wasn't believable. Well, yeah. guess what? That wasn't an actor. Yeah. That was a real person. Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, it was just town. A, yeah, it was a weird experience for me, but I think I think you'll like it. It's, How it's really interesting. How many episodes are there? Do you know? I think like six or seven. Six, are they hour-long episodes, something like that? Yeah, they're about an hour each, and they just dropped them all at once so you can binge them. All right. Wow. So it shouldn't take too long, but uh, it was an interesting experience for me to, to experience it in that way. You've piqued my interest. Yeah. Speaking so. of Buried Treasures, uh, we had some, I can't remember who it was, maybe you can help me, they recommended Ready Player One, the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember who that was? I don't remember who did that, no. I think it was a horrible movie whenever they were on last. So, was it Jack, or was it uh, Phil? No, it was Phil, Phil, yeah. Okay. He recommended, that's who it was, yeah. I read it. It was great. Oh, good. I just wanted to get that out there. But my good. Buried Treasure for this week is a movie. I haven't really recommended a movie on Buried Treasure in a while, but I'm going to recommend one of the last movies I gave a 10 out of 10 to. Ooh. And it's a movie not a lot of people have seen. It's called Disconnect. Have you ever seen it before? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. So it's a movie that has great cast. Uh, you have Jason Bateman, uh, Hope Davis, uh, Frank Grillo, Alexander Skarsgård, Michael Nyquist. Uh, huge cast. And the movie is all about how the modern era is affected by the internet. It's kind of like a crash or um, any of those movies where it's a whole bunch, a bunch of, of spider web stories that yeah. come together in one, you know, by that are brought together by one thing. Huge cast, and uh, me and my friend Zach, we were on the edge of our seat watching this. Wow. What's it called again? Disconnect. Disconnect. Yes. We did it! Huzzah! Andrew, we did it! And you don't, you don't even know, you don't even know how hard it was. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it sounds seamless. Yeah, Aaron, this is like the fourth time we've had to start this recording. Yes, we we did. Yeah, it's in quarters, but we did it all in one day. That's that's right. Yes, over the course of a day, it all happened. May I just sat here and talked? It's all on your shoulders to make this sound good. <laughs> so, good luck to you, sir. I will do my best. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sift Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. Mixler is spelled M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. We don't have a guru to thank today, but huge thanks to Andrew Ormsby. Hi! Yay! Me! It's you! Uh, seriously, though, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, we're about to hit 40,000 subscribers nice. on YouTube. Um, our, we have a Let's Play series coming out really soon uh, for Seven Days to Die. That's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, just keep checking out the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Flick Freaks. You can find us on pretty much every single form of social media at forward slash Flick Freaks. And uh, yeah, if you like our content, we would love the subscription and hopefully we continue to entertain. Also, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at $3 a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. 
Find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There's lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can do it at SoundCloud. You can tweet at us, iTunes comments, or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the podcast too. Let them know about it and that listening is much easier than evicting an evil jaundiced blob man from your psyche. Spoiler chat from this week's movie should be next up in your podcast feed soon. And we'll see you back next week for some talk on the fate of the furious and more. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.